0: This is Clothes-Making Mavens, a sewing podcast about handmade fashion.
1: Hi, I'm Helena from greyallday.com. And I'm Laurie from frivolousatlast.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Clothes-Making Mavens podcast. We're so happy you're taking the time to hang out with us to talk sewing.
0: On the show today, we're passing the mic to hear from you. We've got some stories from sewists about what projects have got them super excited and some of their best makes.
1: And Barbara Modi will be checking in. Did you know her new book was released recently?
0: I sure did, yeah. I had actually pre-ordered it, so it came in the mail as soon as it was released, and I was super excited when I got it. I kind of devoured it in a couple of days. Uh, but it's it's the kind of book that is going to be... Uh, I'm going to be able to go back to it and reread it or thumb through it and learn something new each time. So, yeah, if you um, hadn't heard our previous episodes where we chatted with Barbara, she has a new book out. It's called Sew, the Garment-Making Book of Knowledge, Real-Life Lessons from a Serial Sewist. Uh, And on the back it actually says, it's everything your mother would tell you about sewing if your mother could sew. (laughs) And it's really great. You know what? There were a couple of – new techniques in here for sewing um, elasticized waistbands, which has changed my life because I was doing the whole casing thing where you just kind of fold the fabric over and make a channel through which you can then thread the, the elastic. And of course, the elastic, gets all twisted up. And Mm -hmm. every time I would pull on my pajama bottoms, I'd spend four minutes kind of sorting out the gathers and making them all even around my waist and then untwisting the the stupid elastic. So anyway, highly recommend Barbara's new book. So yay, Barbara. That's funny because I learned the casing uh,
1: method from my mom. So maybe I can go and teach her new methods for elastic ways. then yeah, because for sure. that might change her life too. Yeah. Yeah. So we are deep into May. What are you doing for Me Made May,
0: Lori? Oh, well, yeah. So this is the first year I've actually participated in Me Made May. And if folks haven't heard of it, it's uh, something that's been going on for probably about seven or eight years, and it was started by uh, Zoe of So Zoe. What do you know? Is her blog, um, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just basically a challenge to say, okay, during the month of May, you can make a pledge to either wear all handmade clothing if you if you're able to do that or to pledge to wear one piece of handmade clothing per day or one per week or you know something that just challenges you depending on what level you're at so I never thought I had quite enough handmade clothing to do it before but this was the year I felt like okay I'm ready I've got I've got enough clothes and I sort of sewed some basics to lead up to it so all I've been doing is uh, one me-made article of clothing per day and that's been actually working out quite well but what I'm finding is um It's impossible for me to make complete outfits. It's not quite impossible, but I mostly wear separate, so I'm kind of a jeans and top kind of girl. Um, And when I sew, I tend to sew like pattern things to have fun and be creative. So I've got all these patterned crazy pants Mm
2: -hmm. and all
0: these patterned crazy shirts and none of which go Mm -hmm. together. So I can't really make a me-made outfit. So it's definitely been one or the other uh, so far this month. That's something I've learned through doing this.
1: Yeah, that's that's cool I mean anytime you take pictures of yourself I've tried to take pictures of my outfits too and um after you get over the hurdle of taking a picture the (laughs) the horror of seeing a picture of yourself every day and just kind of (laughs) rethinking everything but it is really helpful to see like putting it together how you felt that day with um with how you're actually presenting yourself is I think really really helpful I didn't get my act together um for this month but I do know that that practice is a really good one, and I need to get back into that pra- practice uh, to finish the the Anushka Rees book. Um, mm-hmm. That and I also got another book because you know I like to buy another book before I finish the first book. Um, it's called <laughs> it's called Style Statement, and it's kind of a workbook that is more all encompassing. It's about uh, your style that you feel comfortable with in everything so it's not just clothes but it can definitely apply to clothes but it's also going to apply to your um, your home and you know mm. other decorative things that you might buy or even your car or I could see how it could apply so um that's interesting yeah the point is you answer these questions they're pretty uh, reflective questions they're not yes or nos um so it's not one of those really simplified like,
0: Oh, mm-hmm. you're a preppy or whatever. Right. Yeah. If uh, you scored between 20 and 30, you're this.
3: Right, yeah. right.
1: Yeah. Um, so you kind of have to do a deep dive into your psyche on... <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> it sounds good. scary. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you get a two words that describe you. And I'm sure you can add words on, but it's going to be one word is going to be kind of your main focus that describes your main what makes you comfortable style and then an accent word that's kind of like your um, less of your style is this but it is still really important to your creativity to have this kind of thing. So I'm going through that and I will put that on the blog when I get some answers done. But I, I have to, you know, I have to light some candles and and do some zen work on <laughs> 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 what what do I, how do
0: I really feel
1: about this kind of thing? No, it's not, it's not, it's not that uh, deep or important. It's just, it's fun. to. to But you do
0: have to kind of clear your mind and, you know, be in the right mindset to really have a deep dive into some of those things. Um, Yeah. What did you say the name of the book, was again? It's called Style Statement. And it's, okay, so we'll, yeah, we'll put a link
1: into it. But it's, it's a workbook too. So it's, it's not just a book that you, I was trying to just read it through. And then I realized, oh, I have to do the work. I got to do work. Yeah. yeah, I love me a good workbook. I, I just, I love that whole concept. Oh, good. Sense. That's funny because the, yeah. the book is really beautiful. She has a lot of really, um, you know, she's a stylist. So, of course, the the styling of the book is so beautiful. And I didn't want to put my ugly handwriting in it. And I was just really mm-hmm. avoiding it for like mm-hmm. three weeks. And finally, I'm like, I'm not going to get anything out of this book unless I just dive in and, and write in it. So, I'm doing that. You can use you can use
0: pencil. (laughs) That's
1: (laughs) what I was thinking, but I want this to be definitive. Like finally, at the age of 41, I want to define my style, and um, at least have a template. Not not necessarily that it's never going to change, but have a template. Yeah, yeah,
0: because it will change over time for sure. I think it's a process you need to go through every. Possibly every few years or when you discover things aren't really working for you. Yeah, Yeah. And your life changes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So uh, we mentioned off the top that we were going to hear from some other sewists who've called in or sent in files to contribute to our podcast, which is awesome. And I would love to introduce Michelle Goggins. As listeners may know, we've usually got a few questions posted on our website at clothesmakingmavens.com. And you can send in your answers to those questions if you want to be part of the podcast. So recently we heard from Michelle Goggins, who lives and works and sews on a ranch in Montana, which sounds amazing. Here's Michelle.
4: Hello, Helena and Lori. Thank you for inviting your listeners to talk about their sewing on your podcast. I'm really enjoying listening to all the responses you've been getting. I'm Michelle Goggins from Montana, and you can find me online at mgdoodlestudio.com. What do I do when I'm not sewing? Well, I live with my husband on our family ranch, the Goggins Ranch, and there's always something interesting going on with that. Plus, we also run our family-owned livestock feed and supply store. I also love to draw and have a huge fascination with designing my own fabric, which I have printed at spoonflower.com. So I'm drawing on paper and drawing digitally pretty much every chance I get when I'm not sewing. I especially love sewing with the fabrics I design. That's my obsession right now. Why do I sew? I love sewing because it gives me a great feeling of creativity. I love working with my hands, the feel of the fabrics, and also making something that I can use or wear. I also love that it lets me be creative away from the computer. With digital drawing, I feel like I spend a lot of time looking at a screen, and sewing lets me get away from that. Like I said, I'm obsessed with designing my own fabrics, and when I receive them in the mail, I absolutely can't wait to make something with them. What's on my sewing table right now? Well, I just finished making the Blackwood Cardigan from Helen's Closet, which I really love. It's a long, stretchy knit cardigan that hangs about halfway between my hips and knees. It has pockets, which are so handy. It has a longer sleeve, meant to come down over your hand, which is really nice in this chilly Montana climate. It was really easy to sew, and I made it with a cotton poly knit that I've had laying around for several years, and I was so happy to finally find a use for it. In the future, I'm excited to sew the Suki kimono, also from Helen's Closet. I need to buy some inexpensive fabric to test it out, and then I plan to design my own fabric and have it printed on silk from Spoonflower.com. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm excited to try more patterns from indie designers. I think these patterns are really the way to go. I listened to your guest speaker's segment about indie designers, and I agree with everything she said about them. The instructions are so detailed and clear. I love how the designers use photos of real people to model their designs, and you can go to the designer's website and get thorough details about the pattern, see all kinds of pictures of people who have made the pattern, and even interact with the designer and other sewists in some cases. I love that you can download the patterns as PDF files and just print out the size you need. I really enjoy the process of taping the PDF patterns together. It's relaxing for me, kind of like putting a puzzle together. Thanks Lori and Helena for your wonderful podcast and for giving me the chance to talk about my love of sewing. Have a great day!
0: It's great to hear from you, Michelle. Thanks so much for getting in touch. Michelle mentioned that she designs fabrics for Spoonflower, but she was pretty humble when she said so. I just want to reiterate that she has some gorgeous designs available that you could have printed on any number of different fabric substrates. So you can check her out at spoonflower.com under her designer name, MG Doodle Studio. And there's a couple of designs there. She's got a lot of great designs, but uh, there's a couple that speak to her roots in Montana. So there's a really cute cowboy boot design as well as a design based on feed bags for cows and chickens and pigs and also a cowhide design among many others. You can check out our show notes at clothesmakingmavens.com for links to Michelle's designs. Next up we have Andy from So Pretty in Pink. If you've seen her blog
1: or Instagram posts, you know she's a talented sewist with a thing for cosplay and
0: improv comedy. But before we hear from Andy,
1: we have an announcement to make.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited about this. Um, We are excited to let you know that this episode of the Clothes Making Mavens is brought to you by theconfidentstitch.com. If you haven't checked them out, you really should.
1: Yeah, Kate, who runs the Confidence Stitch, has a beautifully curated selection of fabrics. It's not overwhelming. It's just basically all fabrics that I want. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) Um, seriously. Yeah,
0: so she's got linen, silks, knits, and the coveted Japanese fabrics. Yeah, and I know that you've got something on the cutting table that you're working with from the Confidence Stitch. What did you pick out? Oh, I got the Brussels washer linen. Just, I see it brought
1: up so often so I had to see what all the fuss was about and I I don't have it finished yet but I washed it up and it just has the most beautiful drape. I'm making a skirt out of it and I really like the weight of it and I feel like it's going to be like one of those swooshy you know, wear in the summer when you want to feel put together but not stuffy. You know, because it's linen, so mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's gonna have the wrinkles kind of built in. And I got it in red, which Ooh. I literally have none of in my closet. So that's oh wow, be fun. you're gonna look great in red. Thank you. Yeah, that's gonna be great. So I am looking forward to sewing that up.
0: Yeah, and you know, I know what you mean about the curated fabrics on the Confident Stitch website. I don't feel overwhelmed either. It's sometimes you go to giant fabric websites or into a giant fabric store and you just get in there and you sort of freeze. You're like, I don't even know what to start looking at. So I really appreciate the fact that Kate has got a good selection. It seems like all of the fabrics that she's chosen are beautiful. They're high quality. And what's really nice is when you do click on a fabric, she says, you know, this would make a perfect scout tee or... You know, she suggests some patterns, which is really nice. Yeah. And I've also got my eye on, um, uh, she's got some great Kai scissors there. And I've heard a lot about the quality of Kai cutting tools. And I've got to say the scissors I have right now. They're the worst. I paid like sixty-five bucks for these scissors, thinking if I paid more, I'd have really high quality. And the woman in the store recommended them. They hurt my hand. Oh. They don't cut well. I'm mm-hmm. so disappointed in them. So I'm I'm sort of in the market for scissors. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear how how it goes because I've always yeah I've always used um, the ginger scissors that my mom has always used. <laughs>
0: uh huh. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that I can't wait to hear. You should get them before I get there and then um, then I could try them out while
0: I'm there. Oh, yeah. Speaking of being here, you're coming on a plane to see me in Toronto Yay! in a few weeks, and we're going to PR Weekend, which is yes. the big um, sewing weekend that happens uh, every once in a while in different cities throughout North America, and this time it happens to be in Stratford, Ontario. Uh, so it's going to be a long weekend with a whole bunch of sewists just kind of going crazy with each other, so I'm super excited that you're going to be there
1: with me. Yes, that's going to be so exciting, and my first time in just in that part of the country or in in Canada in a new country and of course seeing you and um 99 other sewists I think there's a hundred a hundred of us going so we will have more more coverage (laughs) we'll have to do some
0: serious reporting from PR weekend this is Helena and Lori reporting (laughs) exactly
1: so um we do need to mention that the Confidence Stitch also carries awesome patterns from independent pattern companies
0: like Merchant and Mills, uh, Greenline
1: Studios, and the Sewing Workshop.
0: And they deliver to not only the US, but also to Canada. Yay! Yes. So yeah. go check them out at confidencestitch.com. Okay, and as promised,
1: let's hear now from
2: Andy. My name is Andy. I'm uh, so pretty in pink in most social media. I'm so pretty in pink on Instagram. Um, I am actually S E W pretty in P N K on Twitter because so pretty in pink was taken already. Uh, my blog is soprettyinpink.wordpress.com and I have a Facebook page at facebook.com/slashsoprettyinpink. So you will be able to find me everywhere with so pretty in pink. What's the most embarrassing thing you sewed and wore in public? I've never really been embarrassed by what I sew. I don't get embarrassed easily, really. I've certainly had my fair share of badly sewn hems or poor sewing in general, but for the most part I'm just excited about creating clothing myself and excited to share that with the world. So it's you know it's never embarrassing to me. It's also all about learning from your mistakes right? So every so badly sewn hem is a learning opportunity. So what's really to be embarrassed about? What is that special garment you sewed that you are most proud of? I'm most proud of my uh of sewing my own wedding dress. It's certainly not perfect um I had just been sewing consistently for a couple of years, even though I've had a sewing machine for almost ten years now. I would have to say that it's only been maybe six years of, of sewing and focusing on sewing. Um, and you know, I, I it, it was one of the biggest projects that I had, had undertaken since I had uh, I'd really taken up sewing, other than making my own coat. Um, which I was also really proud of, too. Um, for the wedding dress, I used McCall's 7084. It's a shirt dress with princess seams and a stand collar. It has uh, gourd um, skirt panels, uh, although what I did instead was just use a circle skirt, and uh, that I made the hem sit somewhere around like, mid-calf, and I made it out of white silk, and had an ivory lace overlay on the front and back center panels. Um, The buttons were gold, and I made a sash out of burgundy satin, and uh, that actually matched our color theme. So um, my husband had burgundy... um, Accents on his tuxedo, and I made a. I also made the bridesmaid uh, the flower girl's dress out of uh, the same burgundy silk, and then a sash for my sister's dress, and she wore black. And uh, it it just it all looked so good, <laughs> and I was so happy with it, and I was so proud of it. Um, and everybody mentioned how how awesome it looked, and how awesome everyone looked. And uh, it was just, yeah, it it made the whole moment even more magical. I mean, we definitely had a DIY wedding, so um, it accented it perfectly. What's on your cutting sewing table right now or a project that you're planning and you're excited about? Right now I'm actually doing some wardrobe planning, um, just finishing up a couple of things, but, uh, I'm also focusing on wardrobe planning, planning to figure out what I want to sew for the summer, um, because I love summer sewing, I mean, really, like, it's probably the best sewing because, um, you can go wild with colors, you can go wild with prints, and, and, um... My favorite things are dresses. So I get to sew a lot of dresses and a lot of nice fabrics like rayon and linen, which I probably wouldn't sew in the winter because I'd be freezing cold here in Toronto. (laughs) And honestly, the Toronto winter just felt way too long this year. So all I really want to do is get to sewing shorts and sewing dresses and sewing all these nice flowy things that uh, that'll really bring out the the summer in me Um, but uh, for wardrobe planning I actually look over my fabric and then I decide from my stash what I want to sew and I take it out and I kind of match it to different patterns that I have and I keep it out for a little while to say am I going to do this or am I going to do that? And then I'll cut out a few at once. I usually do batch cutout session, sessions because um, my chronic back problems really make it difficult to, um, to be bent over a table and cutting for a really long time. I would love to get a counter height table. <laughs> um, so if, if any sponsors are listening... <laughs> Um, but, uh, so what I've done now is I do batch sewing and batch cutting, and then I can just plan out a bunch of projects all at once. And, and sometimes I sketch them out and sometimes I, uh, I don't cause I'm about, um, instant gratification here. And, uh, I mean, who, who isn't out there? <laughs> but uh, i'm really excited about summer not only just the weather but also sewing for it thank you for listening
0: thanks andy i am always so amazed by people who sew their own wedding dress it is such an accomplishment and, you know, I can totally relate to what Andy is saying uh, cause as a fellow Torontonian about wanting to sew summer clothes. I'm kind of willing to bet that a lot of northern climate sewers have a disproportionate amount of summer clothing in their closets, you know, relative to how much actual time we have to enjoy summer. It's like, summer's here! Sew all the clothes! Do all the summer! And then it's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I sure but did when I, I was in stacks of summer clothes it's pretty funny it's kind of like all I want to sew I'm like I don't really want to sew for winter I don't even want to live in winter <laughs> <laughs> I know I would
1: pull out my summer clothes in summer and I, and my summer dresses and I'd be like okay I only have a few days of you which are my favorites like you kind of have to play favorites because you just don't have enough days right. and then that's uh, when you were living in Seattle yes yeah mm. yeah so um Now I have to force myself, I still have to force myself to to make winter clothes, though because yeah, yeah it's it still needs to be covered i mean you need more winter clothes i think just cuz you have layers and stuff so still right. got to do
0: it Still yeah. got to do it yeah i did notice when i was visiting you back in february in california that it was actually quite cold and i was i was sort of disappointed because i was trying to get away from I the know, cold here I was and too. we had a bizarre warm spell and you know i was on, on skype with my husband and he said it's 15 degrees here today 15 celsius i don't know that's that's I'm not really sure what that is. It's probably like, like 70 60. or something like yeah, that, 70, maybe yeah. maybe a little lower. Um, and I'm like, oh, really? Because it's 15 degrees here too. <laughs> <laughs> but what I noticed was all of the locals just – they, they were all in sweaters and coats and boots and just like the one opportunity to wear some winterish type stuff. It was – so it's kind of, you know, it's kind of similar but opposite around here. So <laughs> Yeah, yep. They wanted to feel cozy and also because when it gets that cold – we
1: do get pretty pretty grumpy about it like oh i need some i need a hat i need i need my boots because yeah. we're not used to it we're not right. we're yeah. not accustomed to such things so um next we get to hear from Pauline from soyouthinkyoucan.com she makes the best copies of ready to wear garments and i just love to see what she's done um i frankly think her renditions are better than the originals
0: Sorry, oh. j crew Yeah, seriously, she is amazing with her knockoffs. So let's hear from Pauline.
5: Hi, everyone. I'm Pauline. I blog at So You Think You Can. Actually, that blog is... So the the whole blog um, title is So You Think You Can Knockoff. So I shortened it to um, So You Think You Can. Uh, You can also find me on Instagram at So You Think You Can. And um, I'm the mom of three homeschool kids, one boy and two girls. And um, in my spare time, which is usually at night, I try to, to knock off my favorite designer clothes. So, yeah. So uh, one of the questions you said was, um, what did I make that I was embarrassed to wear? I can't think of anything really the problem is as soon as i make something and try it on if i don't like it it goes to the bin or i will figure out a way to make it work i'll probably take it down add some other things in order to make it work i just cannot be defeated by 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 a project you know so I can't think of anything, maybe, oh, when I was a teenager, you know. So um, I used to sew out of burdahs when I was in Paris. So and, and, and I got back into burdahs. My mom sewed with burdahs, And then when I went to Paris, I didn't have a sewing machine. I lived with my sister. And um, in middle school, we had this exchange program with the, another school in Germany. And so the girl that I was paired up with, we just hit it off right from the beginning. Like at the train station when I got there, it was um, in the um, in the suburbs of Frankfurt. And so when I got to her house, we were chatting, and then I saw a sewing machine in her room. And I said, "Wow, you sew?" And she said, "Yes." And come to find out, she she used. To, we were like fourteen. And she made jackets and pants and all kinds of things. And she was like a type A and all A student. Like, I didn't know where she found the time to do all that she was doing. She was involved in so many things. So it was so impressive. Then, um, so I invited her for the summer to stay with me in Paris. And guess what? She came with her sewing machine.
1: Oh yeah!
5: Oh my gosh! I love that. Machine So she came and we made all kinds of things. She brought a few Bertha magazines and she showed me how to how to trace out of them. And we made we made like tops and and pants for that summer. She stayed a long time. I always remember it because it was the um, bicentennial anniversary of of the revolution. And so Paris was decked out. And and so, yeah. And so my sister, after she left, my sister bought a sewing machine. (laughs) Because we used to sew. Our mom is a seamstress and we all learned how to sew, all three girls. So, yeah, my sister bought a sewing machine and I never looked back after that. So so at that time, I made stuff that now when I look at the pictures, I said, what was I thinking?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But we all wore stuff in middle school and that kind of awkward, you know, you're trying to figure out who you are stage that I don't think we'd want. (laughs)
5: But, But now it's just, yeah, I don't think I don't think I wore anything that I was really embarrassed of.
1: Well, what have you made that you are the most proud of?
5: Uh, of course, you know me and stripes, mm-hmm. right? When I can crack the stripe code, <laughs> I am so happy. So I think it's um, it was an anthropology hack that I did. I was trying to figure out how to, um, how to match those stripes because they were like chevron type stripes. And at first, it didn't work. Then I I kept on trying, you know, I, and I do small scales, So I did that. Uh-huh. But then one night, I was probably dreaming about it because I just jumped up and pushed my husband and said, I figured it out. It's just a mirror image. <laughs> That's great. He he was not happy because he has a hard time sleeping. So <laughs> it's like seriously, and you're waking me up for this, right?
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> and so the other thing that I was really proud of is the uh, Michael Kors red dress. I used the Bertha pattern that I modified to get it and that one i really spent the time and to this day it's like my favorite my favorite dress of all times i cannot wear it all the time because it's so fancy but at least it's um it's in there yeah it's I in your closet
1: it. yeah <laughs> I was so jealous to hear how Pauline made a sewing friend so early. She didn't even need to start a podcast to find one. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, our friend Barbara
3: Emoti has some things to share. Hi, this is Barbara Emoti talking about past and future projects. I should also, if you aren't aware, I do blog at sewingontheedge.blogspot.com but you can always find me at barbaramodi.com since one of my children gave me my own domain name for Christmas. And pretty much all I've done with that really thoughtful present was to direct it to my blog. I also am on Instagram at beamodi. So... The questions of the day are very interesting. i like to start with the thing that we've sewn out in public we were most embarrassed about. I was for a moment going to talk about the outfit I made in grade 8, which was the uh, lime green and pink diamond tent dress that I wore with lime green nylons, except I was really happy when I wore that. I love color and I loved it in grade 8 and I was just thrilled with myself. So that doesn't count. But I think if we're going to talk about things that we think is going, they're going to be alright and we wear them, ah, there's one dress that sticks out pretty much as the most uncomfortable I've ever been in anything i made myself couple of years ago my son got married to my daughter-in-law and I have to say that she is great. She is uh, just so kind and reliable and indulgent of me and I will tell you the kind of person she is. She's not loud like the rest of us. She doesn't talk all the time like the rest of us. She's pretty uh thoughtful, planned, on time, reliable. We're also glad we now have someone in our family that if we get into big trouble, we now know exactly who to call to get us out of it. So we're very happy he married her. But a couple of things that show underneath all that reliability is what a good heart she has. When I last visited them in San Francisco, she said to me, Babs, you want to make whatever you want, to can or preserve, which is like my other kind of sideline activity, why don't you just go on, you can have my kitchen for a day and just make whatever you want. And like who does that to their mother-in-law? That was so nice. So I made kumquat chutney with, I think I put in too many onions, I completely destroyed her kitchen and left her one jar, I tried to give her more but she had tasted it so she said one jar was fine. That's something she does nice for me, and the other thing she does that every daughter-in-law is sewing mother-in-law should do is every time I see her, she asks me to alter something for her. She said, oh, perhaps I bought this dress and, you know, it's it's almost it. You, could you, do you think you could do this little thing? I'm sure she's making up these alterations. I am completely thrilled. So I want to establish before I go into my embarrassing garment what a great person she is because I wore this garment to her bridal shower. Now, her family are Washington lawyers and her family, mothers, family, friends are really nice women, but they are more formal than you might get around my neighborhood. Um, So I really wanted to be, you know, my mother, who's completely hopeless about advising about clothes, says to me, mother of the groom, wear beige and and don't say anything. Well, I, which right away is two things I couldn't do, wear beige or not say anything. But I thought, you know, I've got to be on my best behavior. These ladies are classy, so I should wear classic. So in the repertoire of classic things there's the little black dress. I decided to wear black to, to a bridal shower when your mother of the groom could be read the wrong way. Didn't want to do that. So I didn't want to wear black. And then what else is classic? Caroline Herrera, which, you know, a, a black skirt and a white shirt. I'd look like I was in a school uniform, so that was out. So then I thought, shirt dress, no, can't wear a shirt dress because I, can, I can't wear a shirt dress um, in in denim, maybe around the house. You know why I don't wear a shirt? Okay, I'll, I'll come clean. I why, why I do not wear shirt dresses? Because I am tall and clumsy, and those dresses that... Button down the front. Every time I run around my house, I get the front of them caught in doorknobs. Always. I always Mm. rip open my buttonholes on doorknobs. So they're high-risk garments, so I can't wear those. So in the repertoire of reliable garments, what I have left, really, to think about was a, a wraparound. Every woman is supposed to wear a wraparound dress you know and it's a classic um you know it's always advertised will suit anybody I'm here to tell you they don't so but I made one and it was I thought it was like I've never had one before it was a classic classy you know I thought suitable for a late afternoon shower and I made it and I got a style pattern and I did it perfectly and it didn't gape and I look like an idiot in it. And I I felt like it. You know why? They don't suit everybody. They tell you that. Who they suit are really trim women with big boobs. And that does not describe me. My boobs are adequate. I was a great breastfeeder. Very successful at it. But you know what? I had those kids and, and I no one would ever describe my stomach as having snapped back into shape all these years later. So I kind of looked dumpy in it. and It just wasn't me. So even though I felt it was appropriate, it wasn't flattering, I, and I just... you know, the classics just don't work for me. You can't, you can't sit at a bridal shower um wearing pearls, I actually dug out my pearls that I never wear. I actually was wearing pearls. it was it was like it was like somebody was trying to dress up to wear what they thought they should wear and feeling like a complete idiot. I mean, yeah, so that was I made it, it was fine. I came home, I threw it out. uh and for the wedding I wore. A fuchsia dupiani dress, with that had uh, it was a malfi pattern. It was really weird. It had kind of only one. It was very asymmetrical. Only one giant collar, and the other one was in a V-neck, and it was really random. And I felt really terrific in it. Um, so, that's wearing what I should doesn't work for me. What I make, I'm really proud of. Well, I think, man, when I thought about that, I thought, you know what? I'm proud of everything I make, except that dress. Um, but that was out of character, which actually is the lesson. Don't dress out of character. Actually, I should have a sign. Like, I've got a sister-in-law who cross-stitches. Maybe I can get her to do a cross-stitch picture. I could hang in my bathroom that says, do not try to dress out of character. Anyway, the thing I was proud of, so I really like everything I make, because I like sewing. Um, was what the when I was twelve, and I drove my mother crazy, and she sent me off to the Singer Sewing School for adults in the summer, and I made a fully lined wool suit. It had bound buttonholes. It had covered buttons. It. Uh, had a lapel, it was the first thing I ever sewed. It had a you know, it had a zipper, it had a buttonhole in the waistband and it was completely lined. And where does a twelve year old in rural Manitoba wear a fully lined suit? It was a dressmaker suit made by somebody who was like twenty years from away from being a dressmaker. And I you know, it was it was pink wool. Um It was actually... you know what it was? It was Donegal... I can't even say that now... Donegal Tweed. Remember that? That was really big Scottish Tweed. I don't know why my mother wasted her money buying that for me. But that was my pride. I, I learned two things with that. One is the intricacy, the variety of sewing. This is why I'm not a quilter. I have a sister who's an incredible quilter. Uh, but I can't get why she cuts fabric up and then sews it back together the same thing over and over again. I don't get it. But uh, the thing like that caught me in that suit was that in a garment you have variety. Like, how can you be bored? Uh, you know, you cover, you you've put on your patch pockets, and then you're going to do something completely different. You're going to make a buttonhole, and then you're going to do something completely different. going to make a sleeve. it's kind of the adhd of crafts i i love it so i love that and it made me feel in that room full of growing up women it made me feel that uh you know i could i could be a growing up woman too despite the fact that i was only 12 and I, that was probably the most sophisticated I ever felt in my life, so that was my favorite garment. What is on my sewing table right now is way too much. I am um, making seven silk ties. My middle son is works for a wind turbine company. I've been calling the windmills that's wrong. Uh, basically, he's in he works in wind energy and is right now. Uh, In Texas, that's where he has moved because his company is expanding crazy. Uh, So he's down there doing that and they're going to a conference and he wanted ties with their company. So my husband, who has great graphic skills, designed a tie with their logo and little wind turbines. We got it printed on some silk and I'm going to make those. Um, So I'm going to make those uh, for the same child to me he is always a child uh i'm about to demonstrate why i say that was at a conference he had a shirt i made at christmas that had electrical um, circuit board pattern on the fabric i got it printed in spoon flower and someone loved it so much and he said you give us your business i'll give you the shirt off my back they gave him the business he gave him the shirt then i have to make i have to order more fabric i have to make another one so i am doing that And I have, uh, I'm actually doing some pattern testing that I really am excited about. And people always say they're excited about things. You know, everybody says, oh, I'm so excited at work. You know, they're not excited. What they mean is, yeah, I'll do it. But I am really excited about this because there's some really cool patterns. I've got that to do. And I have been promising things to everybody I know that I'm going to make them things. I have a friend who I ran into the fabric store today. She's going into chemo in another couple of weeks. So she was buying fabric and patterns to to make her own chemo caps. But we had to, then we looked at patterns, we had to get something that was fashionable. So actually we come up with something really fashionable. I think I'm going to make myself some to wear because they're kind of like beret things. And there's one with the peak that I think if I make in scuba, I can wear it. Is a swim cap because for when I go swimming, because I'm a breaststroker, I don't need to put my head underwater, but I need some sun coverage. And anyway, so so I'm actually going to make myself a bunch of these hats, but I'm going to make some of those for her because I just said, look, give me the pattern, I'll, you know, give me the fabric, I'm going to sew them for you, and she's she's going to be fine. Um, and this, and I really am grateful that she ran into me in the fabric store, and I found out she, she was going to be doing this. And I'm really grateful that she allowed me to do something for her that makes me, gives me a way of showing support. And that's just, I want to put a plug in for anybody who has any issues in their lives. You know, one of the best things you could do in your life is let somebody else help you. Uh, and I think we tend not to be very good about that, and it is such a gift to um, to let's give somebody a job to help you. Um, so I'm going to be doing that, uh, and that pretty much is going to keep me busy. So I'm pretty excited about that. I have been traveling a lot lately. I'm glad to be home. Oh, and the other big thing I'm doing is what's on my sewing table is I've decided we're empty nesters. It's just my husband and I and the dog with floating population of relatives who come and go and live with me all the time and move out and move back in anyway my niece my niece has fallen in love with my son-in-law's nephew you figure that out and she's gone to live with him so she's moved out of my kind of apartment in the basement so I've decided to turn 50 percent of my house into a sewing room i'm going to take that whole floor that was her kind of apartment and i'm turning it into a giant multi-room sewing room which i think is fantastic so i can actually spread out i can have uh different projects at different stages of incompletion on a whole level of my house so that's all pretty exciting and uh yeah But I think I probably better go start something. So thank you very much. And I'm really going to be interested to uh, hear your stories. Thanks, Barbara.
0: It's always so much fun to hear from you. You definitely keep us in stitches. See what I did there? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's all for this episode of the Clothes Making Mavens. And next time we have an interview with Kate Ng of Time to Sew. Her passions include sewing, of course, but also sustainability. So we'll talk about sustainable practices for the home sewist um, and some of the most sustainable fabrics that we can use and so on. So hope you can join us then. I can't wait. In the meantime, happy sewing. Bye. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Clothes Making Mavens podcast. For more information and more episodes, visit clothesmakingmavens.com. We would love to hear from you. You'll find options for sending us an email, leaving a comment, or even a voicemail on clothesmakingmavens.com. Hope to hear from you soon, and thanks for listening.